Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. And we're back this week with Mr. Jason Temple, Dennis Simpson, Randy Cantrell, and Jason. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you. I hear so much better audio. We've made improvements today. Man, I appreciate for the letting you borrow this headset. Hopefully there won't be any feedback this time. Borrow? It's yours, buddy. We're going <laughs> to... That's what I told him. Yeah, that's our leash. We're going to come back. Hey, remember that headset we gave you, buddy? We need to get you on here again, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be any shortage of things in the next few months that we need to talk about. Uh, I'm imagine there's going to be dozens. So we're happy to have you on with us again. Uh, Today, we're going to cover a couple of things. Number one, we just got through a snow event, as they would like to say, or a winter weather event. I want to come back and touch on that just a second. And then the other is we're going to talk about culverts, which how sexy and exciting can that be? Huh? Right? Uh, Yeah. Water's going to flow through the culvert. Or under the bridge, one way or another. One of the two. One of the two. Well, so just curious, what does it take to manage a winter weather event like this? And how much sand did you use and all that kind of stuff? Oh, we used it all. Uh, every, <laughs> every, every cubic yard of sand that we had saved up, we used every bit of it. Gosh, it was nearly, uh, it took 200 tons to refill it. So we had, to, we used 200 tons of sand uh gosh several hundred pounds of salt and uh, just had we were worried about running out um at the very end because that ice just seemed to hang on for days would not melt well in the shady spots yeah i mean it's just yeah. virtually impossible even i mean it was 50 and 60 degrees and it wouldn't melt yeah it's in the shade it's probably colder you know so you know when you got streets that are canopied by a lot of trees man that just will not that would just not melt and ice is very difficult to blade off the road uh, unless you get some sun on it and it starts to break that bond, then you can sling it off pretty easy. So it was uh, difficult for days. Uh, even, even after we started doing our sanitation routes again on the Monday following the ice storm, we still had to be very, very careful uh, in a lot of areas and go around a few places. So let me guess, you didn't want to have that new sanitation truck in the ditch, is what I'm hearing. Oh, uh, that's you know, that's the POA's investment. Uh, we're <laughs> not going to um, mess with that or endanger any of our staff. Yeah. Well, a year ago it was much, much worse. So I guess we'll take it. Yeah, you know what? Was, a year ago you had to hold your trash for two weeks before we got to it, and um, this this week, you know, everyone got their trash uh, emptied in the first week and we were, they were back to the normal schedule last week. And we're on our third week this week and things are going smoother and smoother and smoother and, and, uh, less calls, less calls, less calls <laughs> are coming in as folks, uh, start, uh, transitioning to the new program. Um, we're still changing out, uh, the 64s to the 96s for the folks who got the 96 the first time. And as we get one, we'll change it out to the next person who needs one. And, uh, and if, as you go along the way, we still have folks that say, you know what, I'd just go ahead and like to keep that 96. It's not a problem at all. And it's, they'll be glad they got it, you know, come Christmas time or the next time, you know, or holidays when they got family here visiting and they got a big 
big load of uh, domestic waste that they want to get rid of. They can put it all in that big trash can. Well, are, are people getting a clue that, you know, if we wheel the trash can out the 96 out there and we set 15 boxes around it, that those boxes are not in the trash can and they're probably not going to get picked up. Are they kind of buying a vowel? They, they, they're starting to get that. This is the transition month. Um, we're trying to get the word out that only trash that is in the trash, the POA trash can will get emptied. And we encourage everyone to strongly encourage everyone to bag their trash because that'll keep your streets uh, cleaner from anything flying out. And, and um, we've had a few incidences where people have wedged the trash in there so tight that even the mechanism will empty the top part of the trash can, but there'll be uh, two bags that are wedged in the very bottom of it. So uh, folks are really compacting the trash in those cans pretty tight and they're using them. Uh, we're, we're trying, I think as the more you use them, the less slicker they'll get and, and uh, things will work smoother. after. You How much is a second trash can? Just remind me. It's only $9 more a month. Hmm. And so that just kind of covers our cost of, of the tipping and I, you know, we're already traveling to your house on the first fee and the $9 covers the tipping costs, you know, uh, of us to have to ha haul it to the transfer station and they have to, we have to pay them to dispose of your trash. Yeah. So let me get this straight. So 200 tons of sand, is that close to 4 million pounds or am I a decimal off? Well, a ton's about 3000 pounds uh, of sand. So 200 times 3,000, that's 600,000 pounds of sand out there, probably spread out all over the POA. Holy cow. So I'm driving down my lovely little street and they're on the sides of the roads, there's sand. And I'm thinking, you know, we talk about the wear and tear, you know, with the big trucks coming through and they're tearing up the road and we should build charge more and blah, 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 blah. You know, I can't imagine that the sand is any good for the road either, or that just a, a, a minor thing. The sand will work its way off the roads or go into the cracks and stuff. And I guess in some essences, it kind of helps seal the, seal the cracks in the road a little bit. When huh. we come through and crack seal, we're going to blow that out. So it makes it easy to blow it out and fill it in with rubber. That's more expansive uh, a little bit. You know, the thing is, you just want to keep the water from getting out into the cracks and freezing and breaking the road up a little bit. So it, it can be somewhat helpful. How okay, long does well, it take to replenish that supply? That you exhausted. Uh, we did it in one day. We bought 200 tons from uh, Cooper Concrete because it's kind of a concrete, a coarser type sand. Yeah. And uh, they had it in stock. So we've, we're ready to go for the next winter storm. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, let's usually hope, February, hope we don't need it. Well, I hope, I hope that was it because usually February has one. And, you know, Mother Nature's last or Mr. Winter's last swing at a winter storm here in the village. And it usually happens about now. Um, so hopefully what we had was it we'll see. Yeah. It's looking like smooth sailing from here going out. Well, Randy, without further ado, unless you have another question, go ahead. We're going to talk about the sexy world of culverts, right? And, and actually Jason, to, to recap for everybody. And for those of you that don't know, Jason is the engineer. And what's your exact title? I'm sorry. I'm the director of public services, director now, of public I'm services. A, I'm an engineer by trade before I came here, but I'm a manager of people now. And I encourage everybody who, if you didn't see our previous episode, uh, Randy, where did he go to school again? He's an Aggie Woo. from, from North Texas. Ag. Listen, if you're, if you're, if you're an engineering, it's the school, right? Jason, it is one of the great engineering schools in the United States. And, um, it's not an easy one. It took me six years to get through it. It's a tough school. Really? Yeah. 
Wow, had no idea. Yeah, uh, but I, I can I, tell you they've got a they've got a I don't mean a formal fraternity, but I mean just the the networking. I've told I tell people this all the time, and Jason will he can probably bear this out. I mean, you know, people go to Harvard and it's like, okay, it's not that the education may be all that great, but I mean, come on, you're gonna be the people that you're gonna meet and you're gonna know. I mean, everybody of course I'm here in Dallas Fort Worth. And I mean it yeah, if you're an engineer and you went to A and M I mean, the network of people, the network of other, other PEs, professional engineers is, uh, it's tight, man. It's, it's, it's kind of an amazing, I'm, I'm rather envious of, of kind of the network that the A&M folks have. Uh, you, you see the Texas A&M stickers on the back of trucks all over America. Um, of course, a lot, you know, Texas is big enough to employ them all, but, um, you got guys like me that get out of state and, and go work elsewhere and, and, uh, you know, University of Arkansas here in Arkansas is a great engineering school. I work with a lot of other engineers that went to school there, and, and they've, they've got a great program there. I hear that um, uh, University of Arkansas at Little Rock has a engineering program, and now Southern Arkansas University in uh, my hometown, Magnolia, Arkansas, has got an engineering program down there. So, I mean, uh, uh, there's probably going to be a quite a demand for engineers in the future, and the schools are ramping up to – train them up. Yeah, I can see that. Well, let's, let's talk about culverts just for a second. Part of the, part of the funding with the rate increase that we has was to take care of the streets. And I guess the principal thing we need to talk about is sleeving versus repairing. And by sleeving, I mean, we, we slip a sleeve inside of a failing, but existing culvert. Is that correct? We, we do. We repair culverts a couple different ways here in the, in the village. One is just outright replacement. When the culvert has failed and you can't do any other option, you just have to dig it up and replace it. And we either replace it with a reinforced concrete pipe like we do on DeSoto, or my staff will use what they call a high density plastic pipe. Um, it's called, it's, there's two types of plastic pipes. You got polypropylene and polyethylene. Polyethylene is the black plastic corrugated black plastic pipe that you see. It's the cheaper pipe. Uh, works pretty good. It doesn't, um, won't corrode, won't rust, it'll, you know, live forever. It might catch on fire, but it, um, it will probably live forever. And then there's a little bit harder plastic pipe, the polypropylene, which is kind of like your medicine bottle. The polypropylene is like your plastic water bottle, pretty, pretty limber. And then the polypropylene is like your, your medicine can, your medicine container. It's kind of a harder plastic type pipe. And we, we have uh, found that that works a little bit better. It's a little bit more forgiving uh, here in the village. And then of course we, under the streets, we'll backfill that with a cementitious sand material called flowable fill. So it fills and that flowable fill is like concrete, but a very, very weak concrete. It's like a hard dirt clod when it sets up. So you can actually go back and dig it up uh, fairly easily, but it, it gets hard enough that it doesn't settle. And uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things that we try to do is a better quality job here in the village. When we go and fix a culvert, that was a bump. We just, uh, we're not trying to create another bump for folks to drive over. We're trying to, trying to do a good job there, get the culvert built back and then finish off with a nice uh, asphalt pavement on top of it. And, well, uh, I, I had the, I had the, excuse me for interrupting just for a sec. I had the pleasure of meeting with the, uh, the uh, forestry and the common property committee a few weeks mm -hmm. ago. And one of the guys brought up an excellent point that most people don't recognize. And that is, you know, the, the beautiful trees behind me, they will die of old age. And you go, 
the tree just dies. Yeah, it has a lifespan. What is the lifespan of a culvert? Are, are we replacing culverts that should have been done better? Is this just a better material or do they just die of old age or how many trillions of cars go over them before they fail? Tell me, give me some background. Uh, the, the majority of your culverts here in the village is what they call a corrugated metal pipe. It was a galvanized, twisted metal pipe. It's corrugated. It gives it its strength and it's very thin um, metal. But it was the thing back in, in the 70s to even up to the 90s. It was the thing to use because it was cheap, strong. You put it in there pretty quick and it lasts 30 years um, for the most part. Uh, if your soils or the areas where your culvert at weren't corrosive, you know, our soils here are a little bit corrosive. And um, so it has kind of accelerated some of the deterioration of the bottoms of these corrugated, corrugated metal pipes. So you can look at a lot of these corrugated metal pipes and they have a nice arch all the way around it till you get to the bottom and that bottom flow line area is all brown and rusted out maybe even gone and it's just the native ground underneath it and so that culvert has turned into an arch support versus a pipe and that will hold up for a little bit on the big culverts we'll come in and concrete that bottom in and then that makes it a pretty that gives life back to it and everything does pretty good but what happens a lot of times is as erosion happens out underneath that culvert, that top will start to settle. And then the road at the very top will, will settle and you see bumps in the road. And when that's happening, things are moving at that point and it's time to replace that culvert or should have been, we should have replaced it just uh, you know, a couple of year or two before that. But that's kind of where you're at on the majority of your culverts here in the village. They're all 30 years old. Even if they were put back in the 90s, they're 30 years old or more and have ran out their lifespan. Now, changing out a culvert is not an easy project. It's Sometimes they're buried very deep and they've got your water lines going over top of it. You've got your sewer lines. And then it makes it really fun when you've got your three-phase electrical lines going over that and a phone line and maybe a fiber optic line there on the other side of it. So when we were out there fixing culverts, we got to be pretty careful about those existing utilities and protect them while we are almost like doing surgery through them, removing the dirt, exposing the culvert, pulling that culvert out, and then putting a new line underneath it, filling it back in nice and careful not to disturb anything. And then uh, that's why we've gone to this flowable fill. You can just pour that in and you can encase your existing utilities. And it's not hard to get back to them if you ever have to dig them out or do a replacement on the water or sewer lines. Um, and uh, that's the story of fixing a culvert here when you have to replace it. Now, if we're lucky, um, if we're lucky, we can catch these culverts while the bottom may be gone, but the the structural integrity of the culvert is nice and round. It's got its full diameter and there's no dips in it midway through there. That kind of creates a, a squeeze spot. We can slip a new line in there. It's this black HDPE line, the polypropylene uh, plastic pipe. And it has a better flow characteristics, even with a smaller pipe than the larger corrugated metal pipe. So if the, so in some cases, it actually improves the flow through the pipe. The, the hard part is getting the water in the pipe. And so we have to check a few hydraulic checks on that to make sure we've got what we call inlet control, where the water will back up a little bit in front of the pipe and push its way in, but not go over the road. As long as those conditions work, that replacement works really good. And of course, once the water gets in the pipe, it shoots right through faster than it did before on, on the corrugated metal pipe. Um, 
And then we concrete the space between that black passy pipe and the existing corrugated metal pipe. So you have black passy pipe, sandwich with concrete, and then you have the old corrugated metal pipe around it. And that fully restores the integrity of that. Plus, you don't have to disturb the surface. You can do, the traffic can keep going and you're fixing that pipe without any traffic control hardly. You know, there's, there's the folks are driving over the top of it while we're fixing it down below at a fraction of the cost, about one third the cost of replacing these uh, big pipes or having to dig up the sort of boulevard. You know, those, if you have to dig it up, that's 80 to $150,000 uh per pipe you know if you uh, that's what they uh, that's what they cost if you uh can slip it slip line it man that's thirty thousand uh, dollars and the life expectancy of that repaired will be forever okay um it, it should it should be forever um one and done we'll never have wow. to fix well, that I, again hopefully and i can see the because i've seen the metal pipes that you're talking about i mean randy when we walk the DeSoto trail Mm-hmm. As you get up past Deborah's and you're walking that way, you can look over and see these monster. I mean, we're talking six, five and six foot tall tubes of corrugated metal. And I look at the bottom and I think the bottom of that is always in water. All, I mean, in the dead of the summer, there's still water going through there. And I'm thinking it's corrosive, it's rusting, it's whatever. Jason, I want you to take a little trip with me just for a moment in your mind. We're coming down Strawberry 3000 and we T-bone into Highway 7 right there at the home plate. And you're going to turn right just across from the baseball field. And if you drive a low convertible like mine, you cannot avoid going through a huge ditch right there. Mm -hmm. And the county of Garland apparently just keeps putting asphalt on the top of that. And when we started talking about culverts, I realized I thought, why is there a dip in? Oh, oh, sinking over the culverts collapsing underneath it. Well, not only is it sinking, but now I realize since we've been doing these shows, I mean, since the last show and we're putting this together, Diane and I come back that way once a week, you know, we come down strawberry 3000. And when I turn that way, I think I, I literally have to try and drive over the humps because I don't have a lot of clearance, but then I realize on either side of that ditch, either side of that c- culvert, there's piles of gravel because it's not draining well either, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's completely failing. And I, I'm trying to get the picture. So you're saying you can replace a big culvert and you're saying $30,000. This is like one of the culverts on, on DeSoto, a big, big, big one. Yeah. You're, well, most of the time, uh, 48 inch diameter or less um, is kind of what we work with on that. Cause if at 48 inch, which is common on DeSoto, we'll come back in with a 36 or 42 inch pipe, just depending on how, how good the existing pipe is. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be 25 to $35,000. As opposed to upwards of a hundred to one hundred and fifty, it could be anywhere from eighty to one hundred fifty thousand. Wow. Just depends on how deep it is. And a lot of these culverts on Desoto are pretty deep. You know, you got everything's kind of built up. They're pretty deep, or they're shallow on one end and really deep on the other end. You know, or hanging going, off in the air. You're on going the other downhill, end. and and the culvert got laid according to the original hillside, because um, a lot of times one of the rules you learn in engineering is where there was a ditch and you want to put a road over it, you put the culvert in that ditch. Don't try to move the ditch. Don't try to move the Creek because mother nature will come right back where it was and blow a hole in your road where she wanted that Creek to begin with in the first place. So you got to work with her on that. You got to stick it right there and, and stay right with her slope. What does the priority list look like as far as the, the jobs that these culverts that you have to do some repair replacement of? 
Well, um, we're still focused on DeSoto Boulevard uh, for this year. Um, we have over 4,000 culverts, and I, I just kind of went through my list here a little bit earlier today to see wh what kind of progress we had. And let me just kind of explain something. We rated these culverts back in a couple of years ago on five conditions. Condition one, it's failing. It needs to be replaced immediately. Condition two, um, starting to fail, but got a little bit of time, a little bit. Condition three, um, get, you know, we need to start planning for, for that one to be replaced in the next couple of years. And, it, and one of the things we see happen is conditions two and threes can ramp up to a one right after a big rainstorm sometimes. The next rainstorm could be the one that knocks out, you know, the, the sub-base out of this culvert, and now it's a condition one because it's starting to move. Condition four is, is um, just maybe needs to be cleaned out. And condition five has been replaced, brand new, fine and perfect. And so we have on our condition, condition ones remaining on our list, 159 condition one culverts here in the village, uh, spread out all throughout the village. Um, we've got 1,128 condition two culverts, 270 condition three, 956 condition fours, and 1,450 condition fives. And that's where you want them all to be is condition fives. You know, they're been replaced or they're in great shape. And so those numbers are starting to migrate up a little bit. Um, we've knocked some out of the condition ones, but like I said, I got over a thousand in condition two that could change the condition ones at any time um, in the game here. And so there's a, about a there's about ten culverts here on the Soda Boulevard that are still condition one. Uh, again, they're probably pretty deep and everything. You don't you don't see anything going on, on the surface, but the pipe is needing to be replaced or slip lined. And so we've got, uh, we've looking at those culverts for this year's budget and we're fixing to probably, we're putting together a bid package for that to go out for bids uh, for those. And then on our, the other culverts throughout the, the village, we'll try to use our staff to finish those out. Our staff can do, you know, uh, pretty, they're pretty quick with some of the smaller culverts, the 24, the 36 inches, the 18 inch culverts. Um, they can knock them out in about a week. You know, they can dig those up replace them with new pipe and put it back in there, flowable fill and have them asphalted, you know, within a couple of weeks of that, of that culvert being done. Um, I think they're pretty efficient with that. Uh, we're going to be kind of comparing that operation to um, doing a three, a, a very large three multi-year contract on culverts. The only way you're going to catch up with this is to go do a big contract. So one of the things that we're going to be looking at is I'm meeting with an engineer on a Friday uh, to see what it would be like if we were to package up multi-years worth of culverts for a multi-year contract. That way your contractor's got a big project spread out, spread out over um, multiple years. So that, that makes them feel good. I got, you know, continue. I got good business for three years and maybe we can get some discounted bulk pricing and, um, and go, go at it from there. Now, when I do multi-year contracts, they're always renewable on an annual basis. If I don't, if the contractor doesn't work out, we can terminate that contract at any time. But if he does a great job and, and um, we'd like to continue working with that contractor, we already have the bid prices for the next future work. We'll renew that contract on a, on an annual basis. And that's one of the things we're trying to set up here with uh, the new board and uh, to get more long range planning, more strategic um, bidding going on here in the village. And now with the assessments 
passing, we've got the more funds to do do that kind of kind of work. Same thing on the roads. We're going to try to um, look at the, all the roads on a multi-year um, process and try to bid these things out in larger packages. The larger the the larger the project, the bigger contractors get interested at that point. Start coming in. You get those big contractor discounted prices. You know where they've got all this stuff warehouse. They bought it. You know at a pretty good price. So we're looking at that. What kind of number or what kind of percentage would you say the 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 bigger culverts are in your one and two category? I mean, the ones that, that are beyond the scope and scale of what your staff can do or would normally do. Um, the, well, the, again, our staff would probably do anything 36 inch or less. The ones on the ones that are bigger than that, depending where they're located, if they're on DeSoto Boulevard, I'm going to get a contractor to come in and do and fix those. Um, if they're bigger than that elsewhere, we'll, we'll, we'll it has, just depends on the site. You know, you, you'd be surprised what our staff can do. You know, they did Leventino. That was two big multi-culverts. Uh, they're like three and five barrels. Um, and that means three pipes or five pipes crossing the road all in one spot. So it was a pretty big excavation. They did that just fine, you know, with our own in-house staff. So it just kind of depends on the complexity and the depth. I don't like I don't like our staff working in really deep areas. Uh, I'd rather have a contractor who who will bench that back right and use your the proper tinge protection, things like that. That they have you know they have the equipment for that better than we do. And I'm just assuming that the the terrain of the village makes all this complicated. I mean, because some of these watersheds tr- carry a tremendous amount of water. Oh yeah, uh, you know, on a hillside you get a lot of water hitting the road at one point in time very quickly. So your culverts crossing the roads are probably a little, they're a little bit bigger than culverts, you know, in a city that's flatter because the water gets there uh, faster, quicker, and the volume of it is bigger in a shorter period of time. And so you design the culvert for your worst case scenario. And that's what the, it's the time that the, the drop of water that landed the farthest away travels over land through the creeks down the road in the ditch to your culvert location when that drop of water from the farthest location hits your culvert that's when you've got the maximum amount of water going through your culvert and engineers can calculate that and calculate what the what the flow the, the volume of the water is and the bigger the flow the bigger the diameter of your pipe that's that's what dictates the size of it so we can carry that water through the pipe and not over the road. When it goes over the road, that's when you can wash your road out or have some damage to it. And that's, uh, that's only happened here once here in the village since I've been here over in Barcelona that we actually had a, a complete washout. Um, but we've had, we've, we've had several folks that, given the right storm, might, you know, might blow it out someday. All it takes uh-huh. is something that covered to collapse or something to clog it up on on the upper end of it you know and you always got boulders rolling down these hills and and even if you have a decent culvert uh, that's in good shape a boulder or a large rock that comes and makes its way and clogs up the front end of that culvert and then limbs and branches clog it up more and pretty soon you got a dam now the water's going over the road even if you got a good culvert so you don't want to use small culverts here in the village i encourage you i encourage everyone if you don't want your water going over your driveway put a bigger culvert in you know it can pass more you know um i get i get some heat all the time about folks want to put in the cheap 12 inch culvert well okay you can do that but it's going to clog up and it's going to go over your road and might damage my road and that's when i'm you know when it damages the poa road then then you're wasting your own assessments um on stuff like that so that's the reason why 
most of your culverts here were well designed early on. The, the diameters were, I have not found a culvert that was not designed correctly and it was too small. They, they've all been either right exactly where I would have calculated or a little bit bigger. So, so that's good to know. Uh, those engineers, Ernie Deaton, um, all those guys that were part of Cooper Engine, they did a good job designing the culverts, at least sizing them. You, you took my word. I was going to say, so Ernie did a good job, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm mean, actually, I called Ernie this morning. I had a question about our lakes a little <laughs> bit and he's, he gives me the background on everything. He's great. Well, great resource. We're, we're coming back around. He's getting a free headset too, by the way, cause we're going to have to bug him too. Okay. Well, he sounded fine. over. The- he, oh, he was hysterical too. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Randy, did you have anything to follow up with? Not for today. I'll save mine <laughs> for next time, Jason. Let you off the hook. He's a busy man. He's got stuff to do, man. He is a busy man. He does have stuff to do, and I know he has an appointment coming up. We appreciate you giving us some time today, Jason. I will say when we come back, I want to talk more about wastewater and uh, water pickup and some other water flu things. I know that's uh, – let me ask this. Do you anticipate the the uh, culvert project two to three years-ish? Uh, longer than that. Um, really? That's, that's a good five-year-plus project. I would say to catch up on everything that we are of concern – um, I mean, you got, I mean, think about it. If, if, um, the number twos that we have, we have a little bit of time. And so we might be able to spread that out over 10 years, but at any time they may bump up to the ones. And right now we got 159 number ones that we're going to try to catch up real quick. We'll spread that out over three years. That's what means you got to do 50 culverts a year just to catch up with the number ones. And, um, our staff can do that. I mean, our, our staff can, can, can do that in-house possibly depending on the culvert, but you blend the, the, the staff with a contractor going after the real hard ones. There's a good chance in three years, uh, we could, we could be caught up on our number ones and hopefully the number twos haven't jumped in the number ones in, in the meantime. And, uh, that's kind of about the rate that I think we'll be going at trying to knock out anywhere from 40 to 60 culverts a year based on prior to, the prioritization of that and a combination of using contractors on the hard stuff and, and our staff on the easy stuff that we can do pretty quick and easy. Well, you were saying the, the damage under DeSoto or the ones that were failing under DeSoto. I'm assuming that's more on the West end of DeSoto. Is it just an age timeline thing? Uh, no, they're, they're um, most of them. I, I just actually had a map here and I misplaced it. I got all the ones that spread out their, their, their entire link. They're just, um, they're from end to end. I, I can't tell you they're most on the West end. So it's not just an age type thing. They're, they're all well, over. I mean, think of, you know, East ends, when was that built back in the nineties? Yeah, it's 30 years old, 30 years old. And it depends on the soil. You know, they may have a little bit more acidic soil. So the, the deterioration rate might've accelerated a little bit on those culverts there, but it's a little bit flatter over there. So the culverts aren't quite as deep on the East end. They are deeper on the West end because you got more hillsides and uh, they do cost more to dig up. Yeah. It's funny. I, there's a place down here on Castellon, not far from us, Castellon and Sierra or Castellon and DeSoto. And that was what I was just thinking about when I'm walking by and walking the dog, I look up and I the road is, you know, DeSoto is above Castellon. And there's a 24, 36 inch culvert that just literally comes out into space and drops the water, you know, through to five feet or whatever. And I'm just thinking that's a lot of doing. And that's a, you know, you, you would hate for that much water to be going over the road. Right. Right. And that's how, you know, that's how the grand Canyon was built. It was you know, the water <laughs> erosion or eroding away. And, and uh, that's why we dredge. 
because uh, you know Mother Nature is constantly eating away at itself and winds up in our lakes and along with the leaves, and we're we're out there pulling it back out after she puts it in. She's did you see right the? Uh, did did I send you or did you see the uh, uh, aerial drone footage I did of Lake Panada, the dredging? Uh, no, I haven't seen that yet. Where's that at? Oh, it, well, it's actually on our webpage here at hot springs village inside out on Facebook, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I was talking to Brad about this and I thought, well, I'll just go, I'll fly the drone over and take a look. And I thought, I do not know if they will ever get this dredge. Oh my Lord. It, oh my Lord. Well, there's a lot out there. And I, I took the general manager, Mr. Kelly Hale out there yesterday. He was uh, inspecting the site and visiting with his staff. And uh, we were challenged by, by the GM to find a way to repurpose the dredging materials. Um, you know, right now we, we basically haul it to a hole or we haul it to a local farmer. Um, and those are all our costs for hauling. Surely he challenged us. Surely you can find somebody who wants that, that nutrient load of material. When we tested it years ago, just the nutrients in that material is about five times the nutrient level of normal soil. So you hear you have soil that's already fer- well fertilized. And, and uh, the only problem is it's got some rocks and different size you know, shale pieces in it. And you'd have to filter that out and boil you down. You got some really nice topsoil, hmm. um, you know, and um, so he's challenged us to, to find a vendor or a person that would be interested in that to help lower that cost of hauling the material out of, you know, it can go and get repurposed. They'll come bring their trucks. We'll fill it up for them and off it goes at no cost to the village. And they get the benefit of the, of the, of the material, man, we're, we're, you know, that's a great challenge uh, from, uh, from the GM and, and uh, we're going to figure that out. We are going to figure that out. By the way, there's piles of dirt down there at the boat ramp right now. And anybody's welcome to it. If, yeah. they want, if they want to go down and get you a couple of buckets of some really good uh, uh, soil material and you're willing to filter out the rocks and it help yourself. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to stop you from picking up the, uh, the, the uh, tailings, right? No, no, we're not going to stop that. We're not, the, the boat ramp is not closed except at the boat ramp. You can get to the parking lot. Yeah. Well, let, let's to. okay. And we didn't even, we haven't discussed or any, any ballpark about this, but just take a, take us down this road. If we can eventually, why would we not be able to maybe compost some of our own waste, mix it with this tailings and basically make a potting soil? I mean, it would grow virtually anything, right? It, it does. Uh, that, that stuff right there is already kind of decomposed, the lake dredge materials. But take our leaves, for example, that we haul to right. the city of Hot Springs uh, composting facility, and they compost the POA leaves there. And you can go get some really nice um soil uh from that from those compostings we also have been over the years been trying to figure out how to take our sludge from our wastewater treatment plants super high nutrients very beneficial soil amenity and how can we get that to a state that we could blend it with soil or or sell it it requires another dryer or a composting operation and all those things are pretty heavy infrastructure investments up front um, and require a lot of permitting from the state so Right now, it's kind of cheaper for us to just haul it to the landfill. But um, that would be something nice to, to work towards someday is for no additional operating costs, uh, re- create a, a green, beneficial, repurposed uh, waste material into something very useful. Wow. What a great idea. Well, anyway, I didn't mean to get us off the topic. I appreciate it. Anything else, Randy? Did we miss it today or are we done? No, did we, Jason? Any, any parting shots? Anything you want to share? 
No, that's, that sounds great, man. Appreciate the time with you guys. Okay. I just want to remind you how expensive that free headset's going to be. Cause we're going to come back to you again, buddy. Yeah, this is, this is yours. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no take backs. It's yours, buddy. Okay. <laughs> for hot springs village inside out. I'm Dennis Simpson. He is Randy Cantrell. And thank you for joining us again. Thanks for listening to another episode of hot springs village inside out a podcast where hot springs village, Arkansas is the star Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.